Hello, everyone, and welcome to Compare the Platform's Cut Through the Noise podcast series, which basically does what it says on the tin, cuts through the noise in the market and brings you content that matters. So if this is your first time on the podcast, welcome. You can subscribe to it on all good podcast platforms. So today in the studio, we have Glenn Sweet, who is head of distribution at the Transact platform. And as we all know, Transact has been around for a very long time. And Glenn will tell us a bit more about that. But Glenn, welcome. Welcome to the studio. Hi, good morning. Yes, nice to be here. Thank you, Bella. It's lovely to have you here. Transact was the first independent rap in the market. Take me back to those early days. Tell me a bit more about your career and how that all got started, please. Well, I mean, I, I, trans, I found Transact quite by chance, actually. So uh, when I was looking around, I used to be an advisor myself. So um, I joined the business. I first met Ian Taylor, one of our founders. Uh, end of 99, joined the business in February 2000. And we launched officially in March 2000. So, yeah, there was essentially 10 of us at the time. And, yeah, it was a very interesting time. This, I mean, across the group now, there's 550 of us, something like that. So uh, it's, it's been a very interesting and enthralling time over that sort of 23 years period just to see the changes in the marketplace the dynamics of, of, the, of the sort of competitive landscape changing significantly and of course not least of which the sort of regulatory change that's uh, ever coming our way really has been uh, has been has been challenging too but that it was ever thus it ever will be so uh, yeah it's been a, it's been a fascinating time and it's certainly the most rewarding period of my uh, my um, career so i mean you transats started in 20 sorry 2000 and here we are 23 years later in your PLC. So that's that's an incredible achievement for the for, for the team of 10 that, that, that started and built that business. And even, and even today, you, you stand out very much from the crowd. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today really is the whole cash element, really. Sure. A topic close to our heart. Absolutely a topic close to your heart. And I'm going to I'm going to say something a little bit controversial and say it probably did cash probably didn't matter very much until a couple of years ago. And when in, but when interest rates started to rise and markets started to come down or cost of living started to increase, it suddenly became, you know, it became a central, really important thing. Um, that was driving a lot of platforms businesses right and you're different and tell me why transacts uh, what your stance is on this position well right now it's never been more impactful but i would i would argue there's been plenty of periods in the past when it's been significantly impactful you know, to the outcome for the client so i mean so i suppose the question is another way to phrase that is you know why the disparity why is there disparity in in in, in interest rate payments to, to clients over the multiple providers that are in, in the marketplace at the moment so really it's quite simple um, it's very very simple you know the business objectives drive the behaviors and drive the policy of, of, of uh, the organizations it's clearly in their interests to keep a headline rate looking uh, looking attractive and in in, in the ballpark um, and it's a level of detail that tends to get glossed over about the actual net outcome for the clients and that's what clearly we we would say is the most important thing what is the client actually get over the longer term um, there's been plenty of commentary on this recently from advisors and we wholeheartedly agree where we've seen comments that well you, you wouldn't take a distribution or a dividend off a client so how the how the hell can you take um, you know, the interest off the client to the degree to which you do it's a very valid question and we just don't think it's right fair appropriate or in keeping with good consumer outcomes let's sort of start with a we'll start with a What's the most complex and troublesome and time-consuming asset that any asset that any platform manages? It's cash. I absolutely concede, and, and anyone should concede that point and understand it. It's 
horribly, horrifically complicated. I was going to say, I was going to ask, why is it complicated to, to put cash on platform? Well, well, not to put cash on and leave it as cash, that's not. But you think about, you're, you're taking dividends and distributions and interest off of various assets over various timeframes that you're reconciling on a daily basis in all different tax regimes, sorry, all different tax wrappers with different taxation implications. You're dealing with multiple banking institutions from instant access term deposit you know, and, and term deposit takers. You've got all of the complexity of dealing with the sort of regulatory you know, principles and, and cash controls to, that, that are in place. It's complex stuff and it moves all the time. I mean, holding just to pick a random fund, I don't know, Artemis Income or something, or Fidelity European, that, that's a cinch compared to cash. So yes, there's associated costs involved. Yes, if you're going to do cash properly, you need a treasury function. That has a cost. So it's actually more costly to run than assets. And it's fine, again, just to, just to clarify the point, completely fine, reasonable and appropriate to charge on cash, even to charge more on cash than you would do on assets. That's a reasonable position. But what, it, what more, how much more is it costing you? to run cash or to administer cash than it would be to administer an asset. It's a bit more. I've been talking marginally more, but it is more. So it's okay for platformers to say, okay, we charge 25 basis points flat, but for example, it's just more to, to run you know, cash. So you know, we're going to take 10 more than that. We're going to take 35 skim on cash. Completely, perfectly reasonable to do that. But to take half of it or three quarters of it is massively impactful for clients, massively negatively impactful. Yes, our, our clients um, have larger cash holdings than the average platform would do. We've got wealthier, older clients that do a lot of intergenerational planning between kids and grandkids and trusts and, and even corporate cash. Can't get any decent rates for corporate cash. Most platforms can't deal with a corporate holding, but we can, but that's, that's another matter. But our average is about 6.5%. Other platforms are half that. 6.5% of our total um, holdings is, around, is, is cash. Now, we're paying every penny we get back from our multiple banks, which we're currently paying 4.8%. That is an offset against charge of very close to 31 basis point offset. Our average revenue per client is about 24. So our average client has a negative charge, essentially, or a net negative charge. So you can see quite how impactful this is. We're not talking two, three, four, five basis points, which is the difference between the headline rates of many, many providers. This is offsetting the entirety of the charge you know no i i completely get that um so i've got i've got two questions sure firstly what do you say to um some platforms will say well platforms aren't designed to hold cash so you know therefore people should keep as a minimum amount of cash on the platform and some some might argue that six and a half percent of your holdings in cash is is too high what what do you say to that we're not making the decision on six and a half percent it's the it's the advisor that's making what's appropriate and what is the most reasonable suitable appropriate position for this client in their circumstances what they're trying to achieve i don't care whether we're, whether the advisor recommend they hold us one percent cash or 15 it makes no difference to us uh, but it's what's suitable for that client at that time so the to the point that platforms weren't designed for cash i was one simple it's just one word answer that one nonsense total nonsense <laughs> Platforms weren't designed in the original days. They weren't designed to deal with RDR, were they? They weren't designed to deal with flexi-access drawdown. They weren't designed to deal with lices. They weren't designed to deal with term deposits. They weren't designed to deal with, you know, fractional trading on ETFs. This stuff happens. Stuff changes. They weren't designed to deal with consumer duty. Stuff changes. Change your platform to, to be reasonable and appropriate. Absolutely. So, look, I just wanted to talk you through some analysis that we did. We, sure. We, 
we went out and did some analysis on all the platforms to find out how many charge uh, custody on cash and, and how many skim interest and also yeah. how many double dip. So, you know, I take, totally get your point that, you know, you're one of a handful of platforms that charge custody um, for holding cash, but you don't skim and you, so it balances out. So you, you, the client ends up in a neutral position. Yes. But would it surprise you if I told you that some platforms not only charge custody on cash, but then also skim the interest. So they're essentially double dipping. And there are four platforms that do that. Sure. No, we're aware of them. We, we track it every month, actually. Um, all of the providers, what they do, what their policy is, what their interest rates they're paying. So it's one of the best sources of, uh, of inflows. Well, that's, that's, that's the point, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. so what, they're doing, uh, what they're doing is essentially um, underpinning their bottom line, Yes. In bringing in some well-earned, not well-earned, I'm going to say some need, needed, well-needed revenues at a time when perhaps they're, they're, they're losing business elsewhere. That has implications, right? But... Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, if, if you sort of massively overspend on a on, on a replatform, if you decided to get in a new business route, it hasn't quite worked. You've had to backtrack. There's clearly commercial pressures. Um, and what's the easiest way to generate additional revenue that you hope will get the least headline? Skim excessively and or double dip, um, essentially. So it's it's, it's clearly it's, it's a well thought through strategy. And, and now there's a I mean there's a fair degree of backtracking on also a justification as to why this is, might might be in place. All oh, cash costs us it's a lot to run, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we really cost us eight or nine basis points in addition to assets to to run cash. So charge a touch more, that's fine. But yeah, it's um, it's disingenuous to suggest that it's reasonable to take fifty percent or three quarters of the cash interest you generate to prop up your balance sheet to make yourself look sustainable and profitable on a long-term basis and, and how you can justify it from a consumer duty perspective quite quite escapes me. Why do you think some advisor firms just aren't recognising the importance of the issue? That's, that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, clearly it's in our interest and there's, there's you know, a couple of other providers do a good job on this. I mean, Aviva do a good job on, 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 on this in respect of paying back all, all interest. They'll be banging the drum, of course, with their advisors and say, look, have you noticed that this is going on? Um, and I'll just relay one very quick anecdote. I mean, I, the story, I was at PFS a few years ago, oh, just before COVID, I think. Um, and I highlighted this point with a particular advisor. He said, oh, God, I wish you hadn't told me that. You've given me a problem now. That's, oh, God, I have to re rethink about my um, about, about my internal processes now. So, yeah, it, it's something that is absolutely requires a bit more prominence, I think, in, in certainly, you know, platform due diligence processes. Um, and, and consideration as to what the client is actually getting out of this. Um, this is quite important on, on that. Well, it's, it's crucial for client outcomes. So do, what about the regulator? Do you think the regulator is going to start um, analysing this in more detail? I mean, they've already they've already sort of raised their heads above the parapet and said, what's... Yeah, they've asked her, was it seven questions, isn't it? I think re recently, just to say, you know, paraphrasing very quickly, you know, what are you doing? What's, what's your policy? What have you changed? What do you intend to change? How do you think this is reasonable, et cetera, et cetera? You know, you can imagine a while answer was, it's very short. <laughs> I don't think this applies to us guys, you know. But but yes, it'll be interesting to see the outcome. Our view is that you need much tighter and proper disclosure on illustrations and fees, costs and charges reporting to make it more prominent to say, here's the net outcome. Here's the actual. In the same way that you've got in respect of ex ante and ex post reporting, no funds aren't charging 0.75. They're charging 0.75 plus their transactional costs. Let's make this transparent and clear. 
no one charges 75 basis points. And that's now clear. So in this case, okay, there's the headline rate. Here's the current rate of interest payable and the net effect on you, Mrs. Miggins. Um, and here's the situation. Whether the regulator is going to be that explicit or insist that the providers are going to need to be that explicit, we shall see on that point. But it's uh, it definitely needs higher degree of prominence and visibility, that's for sure. I absolutely agree with you because right now when advisors do their, you know, we're going to be on this platform, on Transactiva, et cetera, Quilter, they, they're only required, aren't they, to, to, to say what the platform cost is and not what the, they don't have to show the interest bit. So you, it, it's it's half the picture. So we clearly do need to do some something more about that. You know, when it wipes off the entire, essentially the net impact of wiping off the entire, you know, platform charge, then how, how is that not an impactful matter that needs to be disclosed into the client? I mean, that's just instant access cash. You've clearly got not every platform. I mean, some can, in fact, only few can deal with term deposits. So, you know, you, you aren't stuck to 4.8%. If you want, I mean, our, our current two best players, you know, Aldermore and, and, and Investec, 565 and 5.7% respectively. You want a bit longer term cash with a proportion of your cash in certain wrappers, fine. Go and go and do that for a longer period then. So you're not limited to just holding instant access cash. So how complicated is that to do then on, on the platform? You've got the treasury function, you've got to provide access to these banks and term deposits. Does everyone can everyone from your knowledge of the platforms, do they all offer? No, only only, only a very few can do that. Because essentially, you've got a situation whereby it's it's troublesome to do it on a disaggregated basis. So if we get Mrs. Miggins one £10,000 with provider X and £12,000 for Mr. Miggins, so you, you imagine doing all them separate deals and disaggregating it as a nightmare. You've got to be able to aggregate them. So we got to go and we go to Investec and say, oh, there you go. There's, pick a number, doesn't matter, 8.58 million quid today on behalf of a number of clients. We're on one on one bulk. Now they know if it's a let's say a twelve month term, day three three six five, day three six six, all that money's going to come back to us. So there's no built in inertia rate, if you like, as you get with a bank. If you go and walk into them direct, they're pricing a degree of inertia, but it doesn't. You know that's that's not the same on platforms. But you've got to have a bit. On where where we do it is, is essentially have a separate trust company to, to route these through. But it's it's not that difficult. It's just a bit of work. Um, it wasn't that difficult to do. It's a bit of reconciliation, a bit, a bit of work, and the troublesome bit is in the first place getting getting the turn deposit providers to actually come on board, because there's always going to be a limitation. You know, holding, for example, building society terms is a bit of a problem, because a platform would then become a member. So you get a custodian owner or legal ownership of the asset being a member of a building society. That's problematic from a from a regulatory perspective. So it's, it really needs to stick to banks. Per se, but um, but certainly there's we, we have multiple it's ones. Really it, it's complicated it? stuff, yeah, absolutely. So this is why I say it's okay to charge a bit more than you might do for for an asset. It's complex, difficult, troublesome to deal with, but that's all okay. That's what we do. I mean, our our business is dealing with complex, troublesome, difficult um, issues and making them as simple as we possibly can. So that's, that's the raison d'etre of the business, essentially. So uh, yeah, that's is it, it. Was ever thus with us? Yeah. So do you think, look, just from the the, the sort of the, the the fact that the regulator has started to look into this in more detail, have you had some conversations with the regulator, or have you only just you know just answered their sort of initial survey? Yeah, you know, our, our, our you know, transact CEO um, 
you know, Jonathan Gumby has, has definitely had conversations with them about this matter, and and, and more than once. So uh, we, we've certainly made our feelings very, um, very clear on this particular point. So, so yeah, we we shall await their their review and well it's certainly a clash with consumer duty with your consumer duty responsibilities right with everyone's consumer duties responsibilities because yes. if you are actually causing harm to the client if you are you know leaving them off leaving them in a negative position just because their cash is sitting on a platform that that's a demonstrable client harm so i just really can't see how the regulator will allow that to continue. There's been some conversations, but um, I'm not at liberty to, to sort of disclose that those right now, but we're certainly, we'll, we'll come back to in later stage. When I would add to your word of demonstrable there, um, Bella, by adding foreseeable too. You can see it, it's plain, it's evident, it's right on your nose. Go on then, justify almost the unjustifiable in, in certain situations, um, you know, but taking 50 or 75% of the, the interest payable or in some, a couple of instances, all of it, I, I can't see what wording you could use or phraseology you could come up with that would sound okay to a client, an advisor or a regulator as to why this is okay to do that to that degree. I'd find myself um, rather shocked by by the wording. I suppose the other thing worth mentioning here is it, it would be slightly more costly for smaller platforms to run cash as well, because proportionally, because they've got slightly smaller proportions. Typically, they haven't built up the degree of cash that, for example, we or or Asia Bell or you know other big platforms have done. And ours is just a shade over 3.3 billion. So if you think about it, what that gives you is not just the ability and the requirement to use multiple instant access accounts we can also use short-term term deposits within that to enhance the rate still further which you couldn't really get if you're a small platform if you've got you know if you've got a billion quid and as an asset base and a 50 million this cash you haven't don't really have that flexibility but because we've got 3.3 billion we can say okay we can have some money on seven days some on 14 some on 28 days someone etc and that enhances the rate further again and and the third element that enhances it but that's complicated as well yeah it is yeah yeah i mean that, that, that's difficult i mean that's again more troublesome and costly and but the net benefit benefactor is the client we should do it. It's incumbent upon us to do it, and we do, and we will carry on doing it. The other thing is you've got positive net flows. If you've got positive net flows as a platform, that gives you the ability to get, ah, well, we can deploy a little bit more with these term deposits. Whereas if you've got a net, you know, basically a negative net flow as a platform, oh, my God, we're going to have to stop doing quite as much as that as we could have done. So I'm going to have to put a higher proportion on instant access. Therefore, we're going to get a lower rate for our clients. So, again, it's not just size and scale, but it's the direction of travel, too. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point because but basically what you're saying is this is about, the, you know, you're managing your the money to the best of your ability go right we've got some spare cash here we've got a little let's put a little bit more in you're basically maximizing you're investing and i'm not going to say investing because it's not the right word but you are allocating cash to the to achieve the best possible returns for your customers right by saying like let's put some in these term deposits some in there some here and some there so yeah exactly right exactly right and, and as and as markets change as conditions change we keep a very very close eye on this stuff you know to, to, to manage it as effectively as we can um for the benefit of the client so that takes a whole team of people really to do that um i'm going to ask a really really stupid question what about 
money, playing money market funds. I mean, BlackRock's got some that sit on platforms. Can they play a role in that? You know, do they, do you use money market funds as well? Well, we don't in the same guys. I mean, advisors have got, you know, there's plenty of fixed interest and money market funds available. Uh, last time I looked, you know, scores of them. So, yeah, they're available too now on that point, And they've got very strong liquidity. So if advisor wants to go down that route. Typically, the the rate, because of course it has to be then disclosed in illustrations, and all that sort of, it's a bit more work for the advisor to go down that road. Typically, the premium they could get on money market funds is, is not much better than we're getting anyway. Um, and as, by the time you've netted off the cost of doing that within the money market fund of Fund Manager X, there's a very fine margin or marginal difference on net outcome to client between those two things. And what about, you know, for smaller platforms, like you say, you know, obviously your transact's much bigger, you've got a whole treasury function, you can do all sorts of stuff like that. But what, could a smaller platform just go, right, I'm going to put everything into a, for example, a BlackRock money market fund, and that's how I'm going to manage my treasury until I'm sort of bigger and can no there's there's quite tight regulatory controls and, and about how what proportion of monies you could you could you you could do that um as a small platform but it's only ever going to be a very small part of that whatever number i just mentioned you know you've got a billion quid and you've got 50 million as cash you know you can you've only ever use a very small portion because the, you know the, the overwhelming majority of our money even at our size at 3.3 billion in cash is instant access so it's only a proportion of the monies you put in on seven day, and another little proportion on fourteen day, for example. So yeah, that's uh, so they, they can do it, but again, that, that's only it would only get them a few enhanced, you know, a little enhanced rate. You know, it might take the rate up 10, 20, 30 basis points, something like that. The much more impactful net result to client is how much you're skimming in the first place. And that's and, and that's and that's a really important mission. You've already highlighted how you can actually save. The client quite a substantial number of bits so so that's a really really important thing to to highlight so as we come to the end of this sort of podcast um give me three things that you would like to see the regulator do on this and and how you would you know just summarize those three three or four points that you think the regulator should take to protect uh, clients outcomes and make sure you know that there isn't any demonstrable harm uh, the three things that jumped to mind immediately when you spoke about two of them already, but uh, the first one would be much more clarity in respect of disclosure. So with in respect of illustrations and fees, costs and charges, here's the net inter, here's the number. We're going to make it more visible. So that's um, that's definitely true. I, I certainly think from a second perspective is, you know, even some guidance from the regulator to say, look, this is an important issue. You do need to factor it into your periodic reviews of platform usage around due diligence. You know, that, that, that that's certainly true. It can't just be overlooked or ignored. So that's got to be factored in. That's absolutely got to be factored in. And it's got to be, the client needs to be presented with both sides, right? The cost and the... Yeah, yeah, there's there's, there's gross costs and net costs. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's, have a, let's have a good, clear understanding of what, what's going on. So one other point just jumped to, jumped to mind is, again, I've spoken about turn deposits already. One other thing that's massively impactful, massively impactful for, for certain platforms is the ability to take on corporate cash. Right. Most platforms can't. Now, if you're, I don't know, if you're run Widgets and Co in Northamptonshire or something, and, and that's that's the the client of the advisor, or certainly the directors are clients of the advisor. They got lazy money sat in a corporate account. The banks are going to give them next to nothing. I mean, my bank, I sent it there. I, I walked past the other day, and it was, I think it was 0.00001% you get on corporate cash. Chuck it in on, a, or just add it to your, there's not, let's say they've got 100 grand in cash. Well, you need 50 grand for working capital. Put the other 50 in 
on instant access and get 4.8%. And that will then end up, oh, we had one case, very well-known advisor up in the Northwest, told me a case of a very similar situation you know, you know, a little while ago, where the cash from the corporate account paid for all of the charges on the grandparents' account, the kids' account, the grandchildren's account of their licenses and jices and junior pensions, and all the accountancy fees wow. for the extended family, and a profit on top of that, which enabled the advisor to get into that corporate business. And what is he, now he's got three or four other big corporate um, accounts. I mean, that, that got him, I think he's told me that got him three million quid in inflows, just by being able to take corporate cash. And it's getting us huge inflows on bulk transfers, you know, from, from other market participants, you know, other platforms that aren't being... Uh, that can't do this corporate cash bit. Well, not just the corporate cash, but it's generally on cash. You know, we're hearing a lot of conversations. I mean, there's, there's the 300 million on the way to us right now in three different tranches. So I say, I've had enough. And this was the final nail in the coffin, the sort of corporate cash. Oh, sorry, not corporate cash, just cash in general. And I'm just moving the lot to you now. So, you know, I'm not railing against the disparity. We love the disparity. We think it's fantastic. Glenn, this podcast goes out to around 20,000 advisors and they should be really listening to what you just said. So based on the fact that some one advisor in the North focused on the corporate side of the, you know, of the business, it's it increased his flows, brought him in 3 million worth of business and by doing by moving everything to your platform, the profit on that cash has paid for paid for all those expenses. Now that is a really really good point to to get across to everyone so if you're listening guys you know what to do yeah imagine how delighted those clients were and the accountant was <laughs> oh my god absolutely you know so um and, and off it went and, and and that's a whole new business stream for this particular firm and uh, and they're doing very well on it well so what i'm going to say again to all the advisors listening is if you want to know more about this then you know who to contact that's glenn sweet at uh, transact and he can tell you exactly how to move your money and make your clients some some additional profit on their on their savings. Well, Bella, thank you very much. No problem at all. It's been great talking to you. It's really interesting this whole cash thing. I've been following it really, really closely for a while. As I said, we did some analysis on who's um, skimming, who's charging on costs, who's charging on custody, etc. And it's and it's really quite quite surprising. Um, and I do fully expect. The FCA, you know, the regulator to come down and do more on this. They have to. Interest rates are going to stay high for a long time and this isn't a problem that's going to go away. So, so Glenn, look, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss it with me. And I look forward to doing a catch up maybe um, in a year or so's time when the regulator has decided to sure. do something about it and, 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 and reviewing where we are with this. Well, we're delighted to be able to shine an even brighter light on this one and um, and we'll carry on doing so. So uh, thanks for the chat. It's been very interesting and I hope it was of value to your listeners. I hope so too. Thank you very much, Glenn. And uh, we'll catch up over a glass of wine or maybe even on the golf course if I've improved my skills. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure we can. Yeah, absolutely. Delighted to. Bella, thank you very much. 